Welcome back to another awesome podcast that we have for you. My name is Mark Harvey. This is Real Life. And don't forget to turn on our podcast notifications so that you get notified every time we do a new podcast. So I hope you're going to enjoy this one. And if you have any questions or you have any topics that you want us to cover, then message us, reach out, and we will make a podcast or we'll do a video answering it for you. So now on with the podcast. Q&A. We, we agreed to do that phase. What phase? Oh. And she didn't do it. So I don't know what's going on. But hey, look, I thought, I, I reckon you guys might have thought after the video from last time, this whole breakup thing. Yeah, just share. Yeah, then share, uh, share, share, share. you probably want to have seen. So yeah. I'm sharing. So what are you doing? Get sharing, get commenting, get posting, get as many people on here because this is your opportunity to ask away any challenges that you've got going on and anything that you may not be having a solution for right now. So what's going on for you? What questions do you have around business, property, relationships, whatever you wish? You can go for it. So get sharing, get posting, get commenting. We want to see you. So look, where where are you watching this right now? That's what I'm really interested in. It always interests me, like where geographically are the people that are watching this? Even if it's you're watching this, from all over. yeah, even if you're watching this on the replay, where are you watching? Put hashtag replay number one or wherever it is that you're watching it and then put where you're watching it. Where in the world, so if you're in a different country, but if you're in England or UK, let's call it, then where are you, what location are you watching it? Where are our property investors? Where are they in the country? But is that another thing that people don't share where it is they're from and things? Because they're like... Oh, it's dark. I, is it? I think it's because that's in the way. Let me move is that. it dark? It's not dark. I think it's just because it's so bright, it looks dark to you. Oh, no, 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 it's a setting on here, don't worry. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. So awesome, Boston, yeah, Boston Massive is in the house. So what you need to do, guys, is you need to tag as many people. So look, real life tribe people, you know the amount of value you get from being in this environment. So why don't you tag a few of your brothers and sisters up in the real life tribe and let's get them on here too because I want questions. So Amma, give me some questions. Liliana, give me some questions because we want to do a live property Q&A. So this is not one of those, wherever where, where you're watching this, even you're watching this on a replay or it's uh, put somewhere else like on YouTube or something, then <clears throat> this is not one of those pre-planned things where we've had time to look at the questions and figure them yeah, out. Yeah, just yeah? don't lie. I mean, we have loads of questions come to us and we answer them and produce lots of material for the real life massive, let's call it the real life massive. And then um, we answer them. Yeah, we get questions sent to us all the time. But this, we want to do some live. We want to do some freestyle. We want to give you the absolute truth and what it is. And also, if you don't directly know the information for a certain question, what do you do about it? That's what you're all going to learn on here. Yeah, so get that in here now. That is what you're going to learn in this video, not just about answering questions, but also what do you do if you don't know? Uh, tell us about your latest project. Awesome, we could do that. 
Oh, this is another one. Yeah, I want to tell you that I'm just grateful today, all the things in my life right now, including you and my tribe. I'm from Portugal currently at Cornwall, but literally West Sussex. Hey, listen, that is some wonderful detail. That's commitment. I love that. You guys commit. I'll give you a high five for that. Go yeah. on, Liliana. Good job on that. So why don't you tell us about the latest project? What, what do you mean, latest project? You mean yeah, like, we, have, we have projects. Yeah, latest project. What, what do we talk about? Yeah, what, what do we talk about talk firstly? About... The last one that was just furnished. Yeah, that could be the latest project. The last one that was furnished was so was a oh eight bed. Yeah, eight it was bed. a HMO. It was already a HMO. We bought two of them next next door to each other, but they're not actually um, they weren't refurbed at the same time. We we kept one tenanted, and then what we did was uh, yeah to manage ripped, cash flow. Yeah, moved them all the best tenants into one house keep that cash flow in paying for itself refurbed this one which i don't was it the left or right hand side one it was the looking from the road. <laughs> oh looking from the road it was the left hand road. side looking from the road, road it was the left hand side so we did the left hand side one first and then what we um turn it in so it was already what was it was it so licensed it was a, for it was, what was a, it licensed for it was a seven bedroom HMO, no i said what was it, it was, licensed but for? it was licensed for six yeah okay so it was licensed for six but then there was a there was a cupboard that was being used as a bedroom but then we come along we and we get, turn it all we around need to get Darren on yeah we, so we come on uh, we come into the scene and we turn it all around and we take all of the illegals out of it and what happens then it becomes a fully functioning now eight bed this one is yeah but huge rooms huge communal spaces great accommodation this, this so is... much so that we've got it um tenanted already and it was only finished what before fully tenanted. No, full, fully let before it was finished like literally the tenants are just moving in now so what we were doing because we market the rooms prior to them actually becoming available because then obviously you're trying to manage the no void rule so that you're making money straight away but then um we had a little bit of a delay just getting a few um finite snag details done on site but now everybody's moved in everybody's happy and they've helped us because the great thing about that is when people actually move in and they start using the things that you've done then you know if there's any little tweaks here and there that need to be made which are dealt with really quickly so again it's about managing the tenants expectation at the same time so hey look, listen up this we are live in multiple places whether you're on instagram you're on youtube you're on linkedin you're on facebook just start tagging some people why don't you share why don't you tag some people oh there we are everywhere we're everywhere yeah uh, yeah then it's yeah yeah so wherever it is start tagging some people ask your questions here wherever it is because look if if you're not if you didn't catch us live but you're on the replay put a hashtag replay but what we'll also be doing is we'll take the questions we'll produce little mini videos little two minute five minute videos depends how long it takes to answer your question and you need to go subscribe to the youtube channel because that's where the majority of the pre-recorded stuff goes where we're bringing the value to you 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 and you so let's make that happen so what so yeah current current and latest one that's just been finished like mark said was an eight bedroom hmo and we massively added value we added a lot of square footage to the property as well just to give them a much greater communal space than they had before because again not only is it an eight bedroom but it's also a sweet generous planning approved hmo in an article four area because some of the rooms are for dual occupancy and that simply means that we can put couples in some of those bedrooms so for example one room that we are renting to a couple 
is £650 a month they're paying compared to, say, if it was a single occupancy, it'd be more like 500 maybe 550 because they're quite decent-sized rooms. Like, most of the rooms are enormous, aren't they? Like, massive. Wonderful um, property. It's very big. Very good cash flow. Uh, i tell you what, it's like a good. similar one that we just went to see the other day with a couple of uh, real-life tribe members where I even said it from the street, so you'll see the video when it goes live. On the street, it looks... But like we wasn't fooled by it because obviously we understand the situation. But on the street, it looks like what investment? What investment yeah. opportunity? What is like this is just an average street. This is an average street with small little tiny houses. How can this but be? But that's how everyone looks at it as well, don't they? They're like, what? But the house goes so far back. One of them old style um terrace houses that goes really far back with huge potential that's already been converted. It was, in fact, this was one of probably the most um high spec like in its current condition, yeah, one of the most the high spec houses that I've ever seen <laughs> taken on for a property investment, investment. Yeah. because the kitchen was so new, it still had the cellophane. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called? It, well, it's like a, the plastic coating yeah. on the drawers and the doors and everything. It was just unbelievable. So we had another question here. What's, oh, here we go. What's the yield in that area? Listen, it just, it, it it totally depends on what you're looking at, Emma, because it's well, let me just You tell him the right side fluffy story. I'll tell him the real stuff because with our sheet of stuff and it ranges, I mean, we've got some that are like 15, 16 percent. We've got... Um, it, yeah, it totally yeah, depends 12, on the deal. That's, yeah. that's a really um, varied question. But Article 4-wise, in that area, the rooms were valued at... When the end value, because we've had it refinanced now, so we bought it for three hundred twelve five hundred, and it was revalued at five hundred thirty thousand. Because we don't want to maximise the leverage, we are taking out money and then obviously making our cash flow amazing. And it's on a commercial repayment mortgage at the same time, so we're going to be building the equity. I'm interested. Every month. I'm interested about something though. That's the beauty of doing things live like this. Why yield? Tell me why you want to know what the yield is. Yeah. And while you think about that and write that in, we're going to answer this question. What types of grants can we get for a HMO? Yeah, so this is a brilliant one. So grants or um, awards or loans that you can get, always reach out to your council and ask them. So we've got like an empty homes department in some of the councils that we work with, and they offer sometimes 0% empty homes loans, which there are certain criteria that you'd have to meet to be given and awarded one of these. But if you can get some money and they help you put the house back into use so that it creates quality living in their area when obviously there is definitely not enough housing across country. So they are going to give you some money. And on, on our experiences, it's been 0%, but it depends on your council. So always ask a question. If you've got an empty home department, see if they have any grants or loans available. And also, you just speak to somebody in the planning department or your um, HMO officers, or again, the empty homes and say, look, we're looking for some help towards refurbishing a property and bringing it back into use. And sometimes some of the councils up um, north, like in Liverpool, and the Wirral and places like that, we know that they've been given loans up to like 5,000 uh, uh, grants 
up to £5,000 where that's just a grant, they don't have to pay it back. So they're being gifted this money to help and aid them to, pro to provide quality living out of these houses that otherwise wouldn't be able to be used anymore because you know they're not fit for purpose. So that just gives them, it's like, a, it's a free investor. It's a free investor. Well, it's like just they, free money. It's free money. It's free money, <clears throat> yeah, and you get loads of different options. And depending on how you balance your assets and you want to protect yourself, which is all absolutely very important, will depend on uh, because you know we sometimes refinance or we'll sell the property and then we'll use the money to pay off to increase the cash flow. Even though it's free money, um, but if for that particular property, because uh, we report and by by company per property and even by room, so we know what rooms are even being. Uh, you know, rented on a profit and loss basis. So here, here's a big thing. So look, check, check this out. This is just very carefully. So how do you price up a property that is selling as a business that is to continue? So I believe what uh, Shirley Ann is saying is, you know, the business is going to carry on. So how do you price it up? Or I'm guessing what she means is how do I value it if I want to buy it? Because the next part says, because there's planning for two self-contained flats above the business, would you buy as commercial but split the titles once refurb of flats has been done now um it's probably best to i think actually you know we had this conversation why yeah, yeah, why splitting and it was literally just because when they open the book and all the paperwork's being done it's easy to do it while the books are open rather than it close and so one transaction yeah one transaction one set of papers while they're doing the purchase of the property and all the rest of it future proofing as well because if you decided to sell the commercial unit and keep the residential upstairs then obviously that easier that would be easier later on to do that and just make a flip flippant decision and say hey the business that's downstairs that's been leasing it for however long wants to purchase it now yeah we can sell it because it's already done yeah but it depends what you're explaining here are you explaining just the paperwork and the legal side of splitting it or if you're future proofing depending on how the property is made up of if it's made up of where you've got to split services for, to make this the split of the title work then doing that up front is in my much opinion easier. very much easier it's critical you know, because why would you want to get things finished and have Don't to go try. in afterwards, but, start ripping stuff up and moving things about? And I think she's saying that it's selling as a business. So, again, if you can just elaborate a little bit, Shelly Ann. So, is it currently got an income? Is it currently a going concern? So, is there a, a, a contract already in place for whoever's renting it downstairs? Yeah. So, things like that. Because well, obviously, if that's the case, you can't yeah. go in messing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all, all, of that is, all of that is relevant. But at the same time, it just comes down to the formula yeah the formula of what is what what's it going to be worth when you finish with it how are you going to add value to it <clears throat> if your property if your sorry strategy is to recycle the money meaning refinance and be able to take the money back out and investors money back out <clears throat> excuse me if investors or whatever the situation is they're talking about leaving money in they want to get a return on investment for their money that they're making work for them then what we're talking about after that is well what cash flow is coming from the business based on how much money i've got in then i can work out my roi what the um annual net cash flow is then okay what money do i have to put in to make these you know split titles or or do you say it's planning permission to get it done yeah so i'm guessing it's doing its refurbing and all the rest of it so again what money so it's you might be just doing two different calculations as if they're two different deals but then you bring it all together to so put it in a simple way 
because I know we had someone else who's doing like one property, but they're doing three different things with the same property. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So calculating values and money in, money out, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Easy yeah. But to break also, it down. at the same time, with that deal, do you want to have two separate incomes? Because obviously, if you've got a commercial asset that you've got a nice annual income of, say, 15,000 or whatever it might be, and then you've also got the upstairs that is going to be giving you a net passive income when that's rented out. Um, and also, think outside the box. So yeah, it's a deal right now, and it possibly is let downstairs, but you've got planning for two flats. How can you maximize and make this into a mega deal? Has it got... Um, precedent to do more with the asset so i know it's nice and simple to buy it i mean definitely buy it with the with the game of yeah you know at least we've got this planning approved on it so we could go forth and just do that but also at the same time have a look at it get the floor plans and see can you make more out of the opportunity rather than just what it is right now so we've had deals where you've got a property and it's got pre-approved planning to make like seven flats but yet when we reviewed it, it was like you could make 12 studio flats in this place, or you could make nine studio flats with two breakout areas and then a commercial unit downstairs that would give you probably an annual income of about 15,000. So there are so many more opportunities that could be created just from this one deal. So just analyze the deal a little bit and see where you might be able to add even more value. And also on another hand, if the commercial unit is not let right now, or even if it is, but it's coming to an end of its lease, do you want to see about what the opportunity might be to make that into a residential space as well? Because again, that could be an open opportunity. We've got a few um, things right now and other deals that we've been looking at and going through with other people that they're looking to change the commercial aspect into a residential. So again, it's about analyzing what can the deal bring me? What can I do with it? Yes, we've got pre-approved planning, but that's maybe not maximizing the opportunity or the or the asset itself. So um, yeah, hope that helps. <clears throat> so I'm sure there's gonna be two versions of the answer to this question, but do you guys have any overseas tenants? If so, how best would you advise uh, to reference check them on the so on the rla residential landlords association we aren't able to credit check as they don't have uk addresses thanks guys that's a question from abby so we do absolutely we have overseas tenants um but because obviously we run as as a business we get the letting agent they do all of these checks for us so they do the referencing they do the credit checks and obviously checking and guarantoring that that rental income as well if they haven't um got the right credit and things like that because obviously it depends on the type of tenant is this an overseas student my, <clears throat> somebody tag craig phillips either claudine or uh, vicky or b you know or who that I guy can, is oh, no, I can't oh yeah you could well yeah actually that's best yeah you can answer that question there's another question about yeah so what i would say is if you want to scale and do this as a business then doing and managing them yourself is not always the best outcome. Now, it's fine to begin with, but the amount of time and effort, and you've got to think, like you focusing on dealing with all of these kind of checks with people, are you utilizing your time in the best way? Are you missing out on, on income generating tasks that you could be doing like finding more deals, finding more investors, um, then dealing with tenants? So when you've got a, a letting agent that you've built up a rapport with that you can trust that can take care of this stuff for you, so you don't just leave them to it, far from it. You know, you will have regular contact and manage them as well as they're managing your asset. 
but it means that you're having one conversation instead of lots of conversations because then down the line you know you're going to get things that are coming in to you potential challenges things like that that you're going through with the tenants that if you're going to get a letting agent in to manage that for you you can focus on other areas of your business growth and everything like that now i understand sort of on this rent to rent um, platforms that some of the tribe members are using and I know a lot of them have self-managed and things like that as well so if it's more short-term or you've got like service accommodation things like that obviously it's a very different strategy depending on how you are putting this across what I would say though just my advice is definitely look to maximize the business and the income and how you're going to do it by looking at the time you're spending dealing with this compared to what you could be generating for your business. Um, but if you are gonna self-manage, there is absolutely some great um, websites out there where you can get um, credit check agencies. So you can get agencies now, like outsourcing them, um, that do your reference checks and your credit checks all in one go. So you can just outsource it to them to do those parts. Um, but again, there's lots of, if you're gonna be self-managing, there is lots of, um, things that you're going to need to be registered with in legislation and things like that to be able to take care of the tenants adequately as well as deposit protection schemes and things like that so just be aware of all of those things because you'll need to have them in place for refinances and things like that so i hope that has helped you i'm just going to see if there's another question but keep the questions coming in because this is brilliant this is exactly the kind of stuff that we want to help you guys with um okay so just in answer to the question that we were talking about before um the commercial to residential that Shirley Ann has. So she's got pre-planning for two flats and then a commercial unit downstairs that's already got the plan accepted, saying that um, it's been a going concern for 35 years. Okay, so what are the plans for that existing business that's running out of that unit? Do they want to keep going? Is there opportunity to add value or... Um, you know, what is the income? Like ascertain what the income is. Does it work for you still on this basis? Or or is it not working for you on the numbers? And then you obviously have to change the tack because then if you decide that actually, no, I want to I want to make this into a residential. Um, either, yeah, either you want to make it into residential or you want to make it a more income generating commercial asset. Then obviously you can look to add value there, like Mark was saying. So just ascertaining what it, what the deal actually is and what it can do for you is really important at this stage. Um, so I would just look at the deal, review it, get the floor plans up, see how much more you could do to it to add even more value. And if that means keeping the existing commercial dwelling as is and just buying it as a going concern, absolutely great. But are they valuing them individually or not? If it's one whole unit, again, look at what's the what's the point here? Maybe if I'm going to keep this as a commercial letting unit and I'm going to create the whatever residential use upstairs, maybe just keeping it as one dwelling, if you've got future proof to, to keep it and keep renting it out, then just leave it as it is. But valuation-wise, you will be getting um, valuers around there and they will value it based on the income that it currently has in the business. And then there'll be a factor of how they um, they work that out. So if there's not been any sold ones, then again, ring commercial agents, Shirley Ann. So ring commercial <coughs> estate agents and say, we've got this business. To, it's, it's a commercial to residential use class. We're trying to understand the valuation here based on what it currently is and what we plan to do to it. And they, they should be able to give you a guide because if they were selling that 
as a going concern, they would have to use a formula to value it. So you just need to ask them what it is that they do. How would they value it in their opinion? Or what can you look for? Um, so just asking for advice there. Did you answer this one already? Um, no, not got to that one yet. So what are the good and bad points? Sorry. What are buying the an existing HMO. What are the good and bad points of buying an existing HMO? So, this this answer depends on your strategy because you could say one of the bad points is is that um, legacy tenants that might not be very good. So yeah, existing tenants. No, that, that's a fair shout. I, I was thinking something along the lines of actually um, not being able to add value to it, but we just had two examples this week of existing HMOs that, that are totally going to be added value to. And actually, that's what does stop people um, going for a certain... Well, I mean, we just bought those two. I suppose that's where that question's come from. We just bought two that were HMOs. We just bought it a while ago. We're just finishing them. And um, <clears throat> I suppose one thing is, is the price is higher. <laughs> The price, the price, yeah. the price you buy it for is going to be higher because it's already, you know, known. Income yeah, income generating, higher cash flow. Well, higher income. Let's not say cash the, flow because it's not always cash flow. The great point in buying an existing HMO, say in an Article Four area. So the great point there is that it's already got existing lawful use. So under the when Article Four might have come in it's been running as a going concern HMO. So you don't have to go through the whole planning process unless you're looking to add, add bedrooms. But again, if it's already a, a functioning HMO in the area, it means that you don't have the planning restriction there. So it's just a case of amending it and upgrading it to how many rooms extra you may look to add. So that's a really good point about buying a HMO in an Article 4 area. But again, like Mark said, it's just about getting it still for the right price. Yeah, but it again, it depends on your strategy because we've seen people and we've sold a HMO. We sold a HMO for someone who just wanted to park their money in it. Instead, of, yeah, for pensions and stuff. Instead yeah, just to get yeah, but yeah, so to get a return on their investment, to get their cash working for them. So think about that. I mean, um, I don't know if it's gone out yet, but there was a post that we did, or what I was talking about is like get passive income, create passive income, mm -hmm. yeah, so you can do what you really want to do, or that you do what you're supposed to do, like what you were here for, what's your purpose? Because without that freedom, <coughs> excuse me, without that freedom really you get stuck you get stuck chasing something that you thought was what you wanted to do like a career or you know a particular job or you settle for having a job but at the same time you know just looking forward to the weekend or just looking forward to your, your one hobby or your two hobbies that you can go do uh, and i know this truly because that's what i got stuck into well, why did i start talking about that i don't know but also a, a bad point oh, about buying, an, about buying an existing HMO. Another bad point is if you if you want to go in and and totally renovate the property and it's got existing tenants in and you've not you've not got vacant possession upon completion. Obviously, you can't start work to the property until you've got vacant rooms. So you could, if you've got it part rented or some some move out as soon as you purchase 
goes through and then you've only got a few rooms um, available you can go like a room by room but obviously just bear in mind it's going to take that bit longer to get it completely refurbished we prefer like it, we did it two ways we had two so we had one like mark said that was fully let we sort of moved the good tenants over and then they stayed in there and just paid and serviced the loan that was covering it for the time being whilst we fully renovated the one next door now that was empty we then moved any tenant gave them first refusal to move from that property into the new one it was all fully refurbished to now make that one vacant so we can go in and totally chop it up and down and make it even thousand percent better than it currently is but if you've got um, a property that is a current hmo and they've got tenants in there that want to stay and they're obviously paying certain rents you know what are you taking on in regards to that and if you want to add value how are you going to do that if it's got tenants currently in there that was another point on that beautiful roi yeah so don't worry so here's here's the next question yeah how did your commercial lender work out the gdv on your latest project is that something we want to share yeah <laughs> so gdv is so a gross development value on the um, current project so it was based on lots of different variables so it's annual income annual rental income that the property is generating what the property was like the the finish the asset itself the planning use class of the building as well because we'd obviously done a planning and had it accepted to become a eight bedroom 12 person hmo so it was a sweet generous 12 person which makes it more valuable and then also sold price comparables and where where necessary where they couldn't get a hmo comparable they would utilize a residential one that was a similar in size so we had a few on there that were like just larger residential properties but what our property didn't have in the square footage it had an annual income of over 50,000 per annum. So it was totally on that um, basis that we were able to get this number. So they just did, um, it was like times, so it was annual income, and then um, they did it, it was about a times 14 in this, because it's it's an article four area, but it, it worked out about 70,000 per room. 70,000 a room, six, 65, 70,000 a room, which was towards the lower end. Now, what was interesting on this valuation, I was a bit frustrated, but we were talking to the valuer and he was brilliant because he's very open and he's like, hey, this is the situation. Um, so we get the number that is factually correct, which was 650,000 for the property asset as it was and what it was worth and normal comparables. However, based on the sold price comparables, which is like fact, truth, evidence as to what it's worth based on what's been sold, the fact of the matter is you could only prove up to a certain number because you have to give factual evidence to the bank. So because of the lack of sold price comparables, sometimes it's not an issue, but in this case it was. Now, it doesn't mean well it's actually based on what how we wanted to move forward if we wanted to go and uh, spend time toing and froing and understanding because this is what the commercial aspect is if we wanted to go to and throw in and like prove the case of what that you know could be worth and what it would be worth and all of the rest of it because the truth is the reason there wasn't so comparable is because it's an article four area and people are just not selling that size HMO that's functioning well. 
Yeah, yeah. if it's functioning well and it's producing income, people are just not selling that. Because it's brilliant. Yeah, because, Why would you because sell the it? demand is yeah. so high, hence there's an Article 4 uh, in place. So that's why the lack of uh, thing. So we just went with it because it still works for our strategy. We could still mix things about. We've got another property that's going through refurb <clears throat> in that same company that obviously we can then readjust and all the rest of it. Which, again, because it's a lower, higher cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. Love the high cash flow. If you like cash flow as well, passive income. Hashtag baby. cash flow, but also wherever you're watching this, make sure you keep tagging people. It doesn't matter if it's on the replay. In fact, you should put hashtag replay so we know and keep asking your questions because we will put videos together to answer any questions that come afterwards. Yeah. So make sure that you get that up to date or keep up to date by go and subscribe to YouTube channel, Real Life Group, and turn on the notifications so when new videos go out every day, that you'll get notified. Here's an interesting question. How do you keep all your business cards, credit cards, and PIN numbers organized, and how do you, uh, and, sorry, and do you allow your PAs access, or I'm just guessing anybody access? So your answer is short, you don't organize them. <laughs> They are in a nice little book. Yeah. So look, here's the thing. In a safe, in a vault at the bottom of the sea. No, come on. Let's 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 let's, let's give him some useful advice. So useful advice number one: there are certain cards, especially like the business cards and current accounts and all the rest of it. I'll be honest with you, we don't even know the pin number to them. Why? Because it's not really we're going anywhere to buy something on the card. It will always be done online, if anything. But what I would highly recommend, and then this is why this, these are the ones you need to keep track of, is have business credit cards, yeah, and business cards because it's great for cash flow. But there are some amazing cards out there that can get you super value when it comes to like gaining points and all the rest of it. I mean, there's some cards that we're getting points on. I don't even know what you're supposed to trade the points for. No, honestly, there is a card I don't know. I mean, I know it's gathering points, but I don't know what to claim. But one day I'll look into it, and I'm sure there'll be a few, you know, treats. Good, good, yeah, there's a few. No, there's a few good. <laughs> there'll be a few good things that we can do with that. Um, in regards to pin numbers, I'm not sure I want to share that right on here, but there are some special tips which you could ask in the um, real life tribe mastermind, which is after this. Huh? Just go to the machine and change it so that they're all the same. This is correct. She does not organize. No, yeah. so you just get you get your pin number, and as soon as you receive it, and you want to just go and change it and have it all the same. Yeah, yeah just very, go to... very secure, guys. So if you wanted to follow that advice, then you can do that. <laughs> yeah, but or I tell you what, a better piece of advice is just write, get a sharpie pen, yeah, and write it. But make sure you use the whole card. So the whole card. Yeah, just write their four numbers across the whole card. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? But but you if you do that, what you got to remember is to have a look at it before you shove it in the car in the machine. Because when you shove it in the machine, it's going to cover one of the numbers up. So if you don't remember what that is, then you obviously have to cancel the transaction. And do you allow your PAs access? Take it back out. Not to my cards, no. But if they're business cards, then you can have supplementary cards which is awesome because it tells you what's being spent on each of the different cards. So no one's going to go rogue. And if they do, yeah, they get, there's a punishment. It's the chicken dance. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, severe punishment. 
Yeah, I unleash the Trisha on her. Yeah, but what I do is um, we, we, we talk about something really emotional first and then I let her on her. And then, and then that's it. That's, they don't stand a chance. Does that answer your question? Let me know if that answers your question. Anybody watching, wherever it is you're watching, let me know if that answers your question. So I was going to keep the business, extend downstairs for beauty and nail bar. I think reading the question like this suits the actual statement. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm really grateful. So the one I have in mind can have value added to it, but it also comes with some very long-standing tenants. Okay, awesome. So if your plan is to go in and renovate straight away to add value, to boost it up, you can ask for the sale or the, the agreed like price that you're going to buy the property for is subject to vacant position, possession. Possession? Subject to that vacant possession. Work. So you can put that as a as a part of your terms and conditions. Sold subject to contract means that you have to exchange an agreement in the contract and part of your um sub like buying it for this amount of money, blah, 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 is vacant possession upon completion. So if they can't agree to it being vacant upon completion, then obviously you're gonna have to go back to the table and say, how might this work? Because if you've got long-standing tenants in there and you wanna renovate the property, you know, you may have to wait as they start to gradually move out, you go room by room. But like I say, then just you need to factor that in. How much extra does it cost for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in being longer, but equally you will have income from the day dot. So it's, it's totally just depends on the deal. So it's, it's worth it. If you're in the real life tribe, which I think you are, so get on to the mastermind. That for some good chat to go through those questions as well and get a bit more info. Do your valuers charge for a pro? perspective valuation so what i think steve means by this so um do they do they charge like a pre-valuation so you've got two things you can do the if you're doing like a bridge to let product with a proper commercial bank you will pay for a pre-valuation which will give you what the price is that you're paying for it now so is it worth what i'm paying for it now and then they will give you a proposed gross development value valuation as well based on market rents at the time and all of that kind of stuff. So it won't be actual from the end, but it will give you a guide of what it's likely to be worth once you've done what you're going to do to it because it's like development. Um, or there's the other thing that you can also do is pay for a private prospective valuation, which is what Steve, I think, is talking about. So this is that you find a commercial valuer, they go out to the property, they tell you, yes, look, <coughs> this is my valuation report, this is what I think it's worth. Now. The thing that you do need to think about is that you must um, you must think of the end when you're doing this. Because if you pay for a private valuation to be completed, and then the bank that you choose to do your lending with afterwards, when the product is like either at the beginning of the initial purchase or it's at the end of the purchase they may the valuation that you've had done may be completely redundant just in the respect that they that valuer is not on the panel they are not on the lending panel for these banks so if you've done that that's great for you it's great you know for your investor to have a guide and a real fact guide as to what the property is going to be worth now and at the end am i going off on a tangent <laughs> why, yeah why is that 
But I don't think the app gives it's good. So um, are you asking me the question or are you asking yourself the question? No, no. So but I like this stuff. So um what I would do is in this instance where you're looking for an initial like should I buy the property or not guide, then absolutely go ahead and get a prospective valuation done. That's no problem. But if you're thinking that, look, the numbers stack up based on your own due diligence and stuff, crack on, get a proper um, product based on what your broker would advise is best for this deal. And you're going to have to pay for a pre-valuation anyway. So you're going to have to go through those um, mirrors anyway, because you'll get a pre-valuation. And then once you've completed your work, you'll have another valuation at the subject. end. No, yeah. no, you know what? Let's do one specific video just about that. If you want that, if you think that'll be useful, just to go into the detail and focus purely on that for one video, yeah, then let, what, what do you want them to write? Um, hashtag. Valuations. Hashtag valuation. Hashtag valuation. So let's do that. So here's one. And also come to the event because we talk about Well, just sign up to um, Real Life Property to, no, Yeah, well, that as well. But just register on Real Life Group YouTube channel and make sure you turn on notifications, make sure you comment, make sure you share so more people can get the value that they need to get these questions answered. So here's one. Look, why if I'm a foreign investor, how can I qualify for a mortgage or bridging finance in the UK for HMOs or fix and flips? I, mean, I think it just means like... Yeah, so look, the beauty is that we already got many, many, many people in the real life tribe who are not from the UK and they are making it work for them. There's loads of different options. So I would guess as well, it would depend upon where you're from, you know, on how yeah. if you could get um, lending by yourself. Also, we see a lot of people setting up limited companies and they are then a shareholder and director. Yeah, UK-based limited company. So then the lending it's goes the against there. And yeah. then there's various other securities that can be given to lenders like personal guarantees yeah. and things like that. There is also things like joint ventures that people are doing. So if you're overseas, you can join a venture. There's a lot of people who trust each other in the real life tribe because they know they've been trained. Because he's and saying a foreign investor. So maybe you've got money, Mike, but then somebody in the UK has got time, experience, and can manage the project. Or just another part of the team, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe it. can get lending in the UK. And yeah. Stuff like that. So, so again, all these videos and little tips on joint venturing, raising money, and all of that stuff, and getting it to work, and all of that. In fact, we should do another video on mortgage. Uh, what mortgages for what deals what what loans like what loans or what banks or what lenders not but what, we will not, say not, not that we are them. not fca regulated and you would need to get your own financial advice yeah, yeah you can say that yeah so i hope that you answers your question right there because i know you're very committed uh, i wanted to get that answer question uh question answered so good job so here's one let me read that out so question planning approved for a conversion of a single dwelling into three dwellings but one condition for the development is that no parking permits or visitors permits will be given to the property for the lifetime of its conversion, three bed, two bed and studio. So what for the development? So what he's saying no, is... Hang on, no parking permits or visitors will be given to the property. So he's saying, number one, suck it up and live with it. Number two, go back and appeal, wasted time, effort, cost, etc. How much would it first, cost for appeal? Number first one? of all, appeals... It, you 
it, the process with actually peeling it through the council is free, but you will have to obviously get some, well, I would advise that you get an expert that deals with planning appeals to deal with it for you because you're not going to know all the best tricks and, and tips and ins and outs to manage something like that. And if you want to have the best ch chance of overturning a decision, you want to make sure you've got the expert in. But hang on, our conversion of single dwellings, three dwellings, but one condition for the development is that no parking permits all businesses. So can you just clarify, Savas? Like, in fact, you can bring this up on the mastermind as well. well. I don't know if he means well, lifetime of the conversion. Does he mean just while the work's going on? Yeah. So do you mean for your for your builders and for things like that? Like, yeah, you just need to let us know. Because I'm yeah, not sure. I, I think I understand. That's, how I, that's how I understand it. That's how I understand it. And that's probably why I'm saying waste of time and all that stuff. So it does it just does depend on that. But it sounds like a great deal still, so go for it. Yeah. Do you have to pay three times per value? No. So when, when you're initially, so for example, if you've got a bridge to let product or you've got a development lending product, so there's a lot of people in the tribe now doing finance where they're also lending um, the refurb money um, as well as the purchase money. So you just have to put a slightly bigger deposit up front. And then they will give you the purchase money and then the refurb as well. So this, for example, if you've got the beginning product, the valuable will be sent out. Now, remember the value. We're going to do a separate video on it because I'm going to go on, on a what? tangent again. Or do you want me to do it? No, we can do a separate video. We can do a separate video. Uh, listen, oh, hold on. Let's let's just. But no, you on. don't pay three times. Okay, so what we're going to do right now? You vote, guys. Do you want the video? Yeah, put a hashtag value. Hashtag value if you want the video, yeah? And put hashtag, hashtag value if you want the video to be done immediately when we end this live, yeah? So hashtag, hashtag, Trisha's not doing that. And, well, just, listen, it's going to take you enjoying yourself, yeah? We've, yeah, got, awesome. we've got time. I think that'll be no. a good piece of... She's saying no, she doesn't want to give you the value. I'm I absolutely want to give the value. Well, I'm just if saying... if you want to give the value... No. Look, you're wasting your time. If we could get on with this, then we could do it. And literally, you don't have to move. I'm just going to switch around there, put the camera on you. I'm just going to one, two, three, action. And you're going to answer the question, detail, awesome, amazing. No, don't change the subject. I'm just reading the questions. No, it changes the subject. So, look, what do you do if your proposed valuation comes back lower than you need? Most people scream, run away and hide, cry, give in, don't do it again, panic, um, start taking antidepressants. I don't know what they do. But what we do here in the real life tribe is first of all, we breathe because it's just another thing that sometimes happens. Now, I'll, I will tell you some because I'm sure, okay, you want, you want to know what to do if it happens. But well, this is our speciality. Yeah, it's not about doing the whole kind of oh this is how it works and everything goes perfect no 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 no. what it's about is anybody knows how to do it when it's going well you need to learn how to handle the situation when it's not going your way yeah so it's a great question you've asked but we have made some mistakes in the beginning and it happened in fact on this other one that we just did the one that came about 5 30 yeah is where in the beginning, and that's why it's so important you do the video immediately. You know, and this energy, you got this power going on. But yeah, because originally that value for that property that we've just refinanced was originally pre-valued at four hundred thousand. 
So we got 130K, so it's actually more, 130K more when we revalued it when it was actually finished uh, yeah, so because due to what happened in the beginning, it was downvalued in the beginning. So we'd said, right. So we had to raise we, more money. We start with the end in mind. Yeah, we got a bit more money out of our investor because we went back and said, look, it's been downvalued, blah, blah, blah. This is the thing. This so is rather than a normal 25% deposit, we had to, we was putting that because we had it aside. But then the extra money that now wasn't going to be lent to us by the bank because of the value of the of the property Asset. was less then we had to go raise that money but they but said you've got to talk you... about that in the other video mm -hmm. because really what we're going to talk about now is okay you need to know what to do but also you need to not make the mistakes that we made previously which is like rushing into it settling um or not not doing the due diligence in the first place of how are people valuing properties in that area in the first place uh, what is the information uh, what what is the, what are they going off? Are they going off? Are you bored of what I'm saying? No, I'm just <laughs> looking at everybody so that they don't feel ignored. They don't look at that. Side side That's just like a cup to you. Oh, okay. Ooh, Timmy. I don't. Yeah. So, can you say I don't think you can say that on live TV. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. So, what was I saying? <laughs> what was I saying? Yeah. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> so, hey, listen. So. Yeah. What are you doing? What they do know what it means. What they do now? <laughs> snitch. One week of open separation and she's snitching on me already. Oh, in public now. Please You're bullying me into doing a lot. I'm not going to If the people He's want like, it. No. If the people want it, the people hashtag, want hashtag, it. Yes, yeah, whoever's going to edit this video and answering this question going to have a hard time. Yeah. So anyway, what I was saying is you need to not make the mistakes that we did and like r sometimes rush into it or just say it'll be all right. We'll sort it out on the final refinance. Don't do that. Make sure that you're understanding fully what the prop valuation is going to be. And, you know, you're doing the proper because I think sometimes it might have been a bit of laziness as well because we started doing a few and everything was working fine. So then you stop giving them all the information, helping them figure out because in doing that. Yeah. And you do your research yourself, but then you can hand it to them, send it to the value and say, hey, look, here's some additional stuff in you know, what you might be doing yourself. Might, might help, it might not. And just leave it to them. I mean, you don't want to tell them what to do. Yeah, because then in doing that, you then have proper research of what are the comparables, how are people working out, is there a per room value, is there, uh, is it being done on a multiplier of rents? Is it a combination? Because there's all of those things. Do they expand the area? Do they include like seven bed houses with a similar size and all that stuff? Yeah, understand? Yeah. What are you doing? Did you fall asleep there for a minute? <laughs> no, you know how I feel. Oh, look. So valuation. Listen, Hashtag valuations. These people. So, so Trisha's got to do it. She's so, guys, real life tribe members, get yourself rested. Get yourself a cup of tea. Get yourself ready. Why rested? The mastermind is coming up at 8 Well, we've got to see if there's any more questions. There's another question. We can't. Yeah, but I'm just letting them. <laughs> He's trying to cut it short. No, what are your. <laughs> What are your top tips for snorting on live TV? Oh, no, sorry, that's not a question. What are your top tips to secure non-property investors with whom you want to build portfolios? What does that mean? What are your top tips to secure non-property investors? What does that mean? So they're not already investing in property. Oh, what? And, you know, so they've got money, but they're interested. So already interested, now need to convince, I need to them. convince Thank them. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is with that. <coughs> I mean, yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, have you ever been, has you ever, you ever been to Real Life Property Wealth? I don't think have you been to Real Life Property Wealth? 14th and 15th of March is the next one. Yeah, so get yourself there. It's in London. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's on the moon, you make, you make your way there. And 
uh, we give you a whole process on how to do this. In fact, we do it in the room. And in fact, last time we broke the record, the record from 64 people. That's it. That's only 64 people. Can you believe that? 64 people raised, you're not going to believe this. They raised 339,000 pounds from a 20 minute exercise. Yeah, that's what just happened in the exercise. What happens afterwards, because now you've dropped a big rock in the pool and there's a big ripple effect that happens, yeah, then that's astronomical. It's got to be in the millions, surely. Yeah, millions. With that much raised right there and then, we're not far from a million anyway. Um, but what are the top tips? Let's just give them. I mean, number one, you've got you to know how to present the deal. So quality numbers, quality due diligence. Um, you've got to be a people person. Yeah? yeah, because remember, they're investing. If you, you're saying you want to build a portfolio with them, that's great. So then they need to buy into you so that they know they have faith in you finding these amazing deals for which they will build a portfolio of. Uh, is that done? Are you finished on that now? Yeah. Sorry, I was reading the next question because you took yeah, it away. Are you finished? But yeah, this that's what I would do. You need to get to real life property wealth because we talk in depth about this whole process and getting you prepared so that you can absolutely serve and give so much value so that your investor is is like, yes, when you present them with a deal because you're, they've got something, you've got the other thing and it's just a great partnership And because it, it's about creating a win-win situation for everybody. So you're not just like, hey, give me some money, I'm gonna do this. It's, a, it's about the way that you manage the relationship. But also if you wanna build a portfolio with them, it's, it's not so they give you money for a fixed percentage for an amount of time and then they go away. You know, this is building a portfolio together is a different kettle of fish. So you need to make sure you analyze it properly. So get to Real Life Property Wealth, 14th and 15th of March, and we will make sure that you are prepared to handle the amazingness that is coming to you, Katie. So because we're gonna record this video straight away after this, we're gonna just be quick on this, these two. Let's, these two questions and then the rest of them, we're gonna do separate videos after, so make sure you subscribe to YouTube channel because that's where they're gonna be and put on the notifications and start sharing it, the channel, and get all your friends there as well and we'll do more. So with properties down south, is it possible you can pull out more money when refinancing a residential mortgage, not commercial one? So look, totally depending on the situation. What's the deal, what's the numbers, what is it you're doing? I mean, I'm not sure if it's an investment property why are you going to do a residential mortgage unless you're talking about living in a house and doing a refinance but if it's worth more oh quickly would you just uh, you know pop that on there you know just press it and start it again what is that yeah go on and again yeah so what i was saying is um residential mortgage i'm assuming that you live in there and uh I mean, I don't know. I need to know a little bit more about no, the situation. No, I, I get Louise's question. So How do you get the question? About refinancing, what she's thinking is, I think it's based on valuations that we've talked about. So you're saying, is it more money? Do you get more money out when refinancing <laughs> under a residential mortgage, not a commercial one? So in, I mean, that, in down south, obviously the values yeah. will be very different. So when we talk about certain areas like Midlands and North, like 50K room, wait, right? It will be very different Respect. because again there's different ways of doing um evaluation commercially because remember if you're down south so for example you might have a, a five bed or six bed house here that's over thirty thousand a year in income but in london the same house would be like seventy thousand per you know what i mean so it's totally different the way that you look at it so that goes on like a um analyzation basis so again get onto the mastermind after this and we can go through that in a bit more detail of course as well as at property wealth turbo what were you going to say 
matter. It's kind of the opportunity for your com uh, your compliment is evaporated. So look, because Trisha spoke for too much longer now, and we've got to get, let you go because you've got to get on the mastermind. Um, what needs to happen is we need to just do the ex explain development finance in a in a quick video as well. So don't worry, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, also she committed to that. Well, no, I'm not a broker. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. So uh, awesome job, people. Well done for being here. Look, if you look information, you can get it. Tell us what it is you want. If we don't know the answer, we'll find the answer. We'll bring it to you. We'll bring the experts. We'll just find it. You know, we'll make it happen. That's what's beautiful about the Real Life Tribe. Now, if you want to get yourself to Real Life Property Wealth, there is an opportunity to be immersed in content, information, strategies, but in a way that you actually can go and execute the information that you learn. Because that, believe it or not, admit it or not, is the missing ingredient from everyone. The, the strategy, the steps to do it, and how to figure it out. Look, when when everything goes well, anybody can do it. Would you agree, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah? But look, it's never going to go right. It's never just going to be seamless. Who would agree with that? Comment if you agree. It's never just going to be seamless. It's never just going to work exactly the way you thought it was going to work. You need to know how to execute, twist, turn, and make things happen regardless. That's what we teach you in a two-day program. It's called Real Life Property Wealth. Go to reallifepropertywealth.com. Get your ticket now. The last one sold out. Oh, my God. It was a total, you know, blow up of amazing transformation and people's gone out their deals the deal got accepted you know their money out figure was 180 actually got negotiated down to 170 so 10k is coming out of the deal accepted on the day on the stage by this lady here on the phone this is how we roll this is how quick things can happen but then you got to know how to handle it as you move forward so make sure you go get your ticket it's been amazing real life tribe members go to the mastermind the details to access that are in your email and also in our private private secret group that we have where all the magic happens so it's been amazing isn't it yeah we need to get on with these videos we need to do it very quickly they're all good See you later. Remember, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason because that is the only way you're going to discover your truth.